0: Welcome. Becoming an excellent intuitive life coach and building a profitable coaching business does not have to be overwhelming or difficult. It's all about mastering the key pillars in both coaching and business building. Welcome to the Healthy Wealthy Intuitive Life Coach podcast dedicated to helping you become an excellent intuitive life coach and build a profitable coaching business. I'm your host, Michelle Aghailey, and I've been an intuitive life coach and running my multiple six-figure coaching business for several years now. And there was a time in my life, not that long ago, when I couldn't even imagine making six figures or more in my business. And I'm here to tell you it's possible. Together, you and I are going to go down this path, and I'm going to teach you how to become an excellent coach, make offers provide transformational coaching, attract real clients and make real money as a coach. We're living in a time right now where the coaches, the healers, the helpers and light workers are needed more than ever. So it's time to put our stakes in the ground. It's time to put ourselves out there and create the impact we were born to make and also create the income that you desire to make for yourself and your family. So let's do this. I hope you're doing really well today. I wanna welcome you to this episode that's called Three Action Steps You Can Do and Learn to Build a Profitable Coaching Business. Why is this important? Because there's so many things out there that will get your attention. Write a book to become profitable. Learn this funnel to become profitable. And they are, and there's many more. There's, and they're all true. Any one of those are just strategies that can help you build your profitable coaching business. But I wanna strip it back even more and take it down to the bare bones with you today. I've got notes here that I wanna make sure I grab and I wanna stay super clear and simple with this. Okay. Before I even go into the three key pieces, this all none of this will work if you don't believe in your coaching. You've got to believe that you are a really good coach. Right? You got to believe that you're actually can create the space to help people transform their lives. Okay? And that I know when people hear that, they're gonna say, okay, step one, um, believe in my coaching. And they think it's going to be sit in your room and meditate and imagine, sense, and feel that you're an excellent coach. I think that's a helpful tool. I think that's a helpful thing to do. But the more effective thing to do is go and coach. If you're brand new to coaching, just go out and tell people, I'm a coach. Or, I'm brand new to coaching. Can I give you some sessions for free and you give me some feedback? Okay. That's the minimum. That's the minimum thing to do. You got to believe in your coaching because the truth is, you will never. I should. That sounds too harsh. I don't. I think the marketing is so challenging. It can be really challenging to learn and implement marketing that if you don't have a belief in your ability to actually help people. It's very hard to go out there and through the world and offer it if you don't even really believe in it. There's going to be so much self-sabotage that happens that, so all that to say is get your coaching dialed in. If that means practice coaching to get feedback, great, do it. If that means you need to go get the proper training, go find a coach that you believe in, that you like her style and learn from her or him, Okay. So in this episode, it's all about assuming you already believe in your coaching. Okay, so that's where we begin. You are a very good coach, possibly an excellent coach. Maybe you've been thinking of yourself as a master coach. It doesn't matter. It's just that you would be very excited that a client is there working with you because you know you can help them. Okay, that's where we start. After that, now we're going to talk about the three steps to building a profitable coaching business. Number one. Implement marketing strategies to get potential clients. Implement marketing strategies to get potential clients. There are dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds, probably, marketing strategies you could implement. Let me tell you where I went wrong, where I see other students going wrong, and where I went right. And I actually see my students going the right way with this. Okay. So again, the step I'm talking about right now is implement marketing strategies to get potential clients. Okay. Again, I kind of said at the beginning of this episode, you, there's some people who think I'm going to write a book and I'll, I'll get clients that way. I'm going to learn how to build a funnel. I'll get clients that way. I'm going to start a Facebook group and get clients that way. I'm going to grow my email list. Great. All of those are very good strategies. Where I see I went wrong in the beginning and where my students went wrong is we start a strategy, we abandon the strategy and go grasp another strategy. And then we don't run the whole race with that strategy and we go grab another strategy. So it's like we're... We're not building something, we're not carrying it all the way through. I am guilty of this more times than I care to mention. I think it's because we don't really understand how to follow through with a marketing strategy. So we'll try something, maybe it worked a little or didn't work at all, so we just abandon it and go try something else. I actually had this happen to one of my students in class yesterday, she was um, promoting A workshop a conversion event to her membership and she had either she had very few people come to her actual live workshop or none I forget but she said to me Michelle no one signed no one came to my workshop yesterday I guess I should just maybe nobody wants that program I guess I I should try to create another membership or another program and I said no do not abandon ship That wasn't even the problem. The problem isn't your program. The problem's not your pricing. The problem is your marketing. You did not get enough leads to your workshop. That is the problem. But do you see how she didn't even, I couldn't identify the problem. She just wanted to abandon the marketing strategy and move on to something else. And that other thing wouldn't have worked either because she doesn't really understand the marketing piece of it. I think us, sensitive souls, people who are at the beginning stages of our businesses, I think we're good at wanting to help people or build a program or a membership, but we are not good at the marketing. So step one, I'm gonna say it again. I keep going back to my notes here. Learn and implement the strategies to get potential clients, the marketing strategies. How do we get people to our events? How do we get people to sign up for our things? How do we get the right people to join our email list? How do we get the right people to watch our videos? That's all marketing. Marketing is eyeballs on your stuff. And we have to get, we have to learn and implement those strategies all the way to the end until we get results. We do not abandon those strategies. Okay, we get really good at those strategies. I call this the good, better, best model, and that's an entirely different po- podcast. But you can apply this framework to marketing strategies. At the beginning, think about your marketing strategies. And again, when I say marketing strategies, I'm just talking about eyeballs on your stuff, it's also called leads it's also called attracting potential clients okay does that make sense they're called it has many names to it that skill set of marketing strategies i want you to think of it in terms of good better best good means you imp, you under you learn and implement the strategy you're we are all going to do it poorly at first because it's new anything new we are rarely good at in the beginning. Any skill, we're rarely good at in the beginning. We're just learning it. It's going to be wobbly, okay? But we don't abandon it when we we are wobbly, and we don't abandon it when we don't see the results. Usually, we will not see results in the beginning of our marketing uh, skills, okay? We're at the good framework. We're at the good piece of it. If you stick with it and learn how to assess your marketing and see where it went wrong, see where it went right, and actually do it again, you'll actually move into the better part of the framework. Remember I said good, better, best? Better means you're going to start seeing some results. When you move into the best version of your marketing strategy that you haven't abandoned, you're gonna see exponential results, and you're actually gonna learn how to optimize. You're gonna see what really works based on the feedback you're getting, based on the clients you're getting. Okay. This is all part of step one: imp- learning the skill set and implementing the marketing strategies and not abandoning the marketing strategy when you're just at the good part, when you're just at the beginning stages of it. Okay. Stick with it, stick with it. Always look for improvement. Do it over and over and over again. I'm gonna use the example of me learning to play volleyball as a little kid. I saw the older kids serving the volleyball overhand and I kept thinking, I wanna be able to do that. I wanna be able to do that, but I could only serve underhand and get the ball over the net, not that often. But I wanted to learn how to serve overhand. So the first, all I did was I learned from the older kids who were doing it really well. They became my mentors, right? I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm just going to go to the one who's doing it well, ask her to help me. So I get someone to help me. She shows me how to do it. I First time I do it, I probably miss the ball or it goes a foot in front of me. It doesn't come anywhere near the net. Should I should I leave? Should I say, oh, it didn't work. I guess I'm not supposed to do this. No, we would never say that. We know that it's going to take hundreds of tries to finally get the ball over the net. If you take that same principle and apply it to marketing and go, I'm going to have to try this 100 times before I see success, you are in the best mindset to really build a profitable business. Okay, I hope my volleyball analogy helps. So you're not going to give up. You're not going I'm not going to abandon my practice of hitting the volleyball and we're not going to abandon our practice of our marketing strategy and hopes for a better marketing strategy. No one marketing strategy is going to save you or like It's not like that in business. I know, I think there's a lot of marketing that says, do this and you'll get these instant results. Take this pill and you'll lose 50 pounds. Like that stuff's not true. It's not even the right mindset to have. Have the mindset of 100 uh, tries to get the ball over the net. If you come in with that mindset, you're going to succeed. You know how to play the long game. You have the right mindset. Okay, that was all... Step one, let's go to step two. Now that you know how to implement the marketing strategies, you're sticking with it long enough, you understand how to measure your results and you're getting results, awesome. Now with your marketing strategies, you should have eyeballs on your stuff. You should have, you've started to attract potential clients. Next step, make an offer to that potential client. You're going to turn that potential client into a paying client. This is an entirely new skill set. Okay? And I want you to go back to the me, to any strat, to anything. We've this is, There's a skill set here that you're going to get good at. You're going to get better at if you stick it with, stick with it long enough. And you're going to get really good at it if you stick with it for the whole time. Go back to the analogy of me um, practicing serving the volleyball a hundred times before it got close to the net or over the net, okay? Same thing with this. This is an entirely another skill set that you're going to need to learn. You're going to make an offer to your potential client and you're going to turn those potential clients into paying clients. Now this is not a magic pill, right? The most important thing I can share with you here is once you start having people you're gonna to get to talk to, you're gonna get wobbly again. Those conversations, you're gonna be sweaty. You're gonna be like, it's, it's a new skill set. Most of those people will probably say no. Some of them will say yes. And that's where you start building your confidence and your skills. I challenge you to talk to 100 people and make an offer to 100 people and see what happens. If you make an offer to, I do this with my students in my program, I'll say to them, the person who makes 100 offers the faster in this program will make will have the most clients and probably make the most money. The person who offers makes five offers in the lifespan of being in this program won't make that much money, won't have that many clients. There's a direct correlation between how many offers you make and how many clients you get. I know that sounds so simple, but I'll give you um, an example of what happened not that long ago in my program. I had—I won't give any names, but I had a student say to me, Michelle, I haven't made any money in this in your program yet. I haven't made any money. And she wasn't doing it to be a victim, and she didn't say it to, like, blame her or me. It was just a fact. And I said to her, okay, how many offers have you made since you've been in this program? And she thought for a second and said, I haven't made any offers yet. And then I said, I think we just figured out why you haven't made any money yet. There is a direct correlation with the number of offers with the number of clients, with the amount of money you make. And if that's true, your focus should be on, I'm going to make 10 offers a day, or I'm going to make 20 offers a day. I'll give you one more example that I said to my own students. Let's just take one offer, okay? Let's say you commit to one offer. So, I challenge all of you, and you pick how often you make this one offer. I don't care if you make offers to your one on one coaching, make offers to your one on one coaching packages, make offers to your group program, to your membership. I don't care. You pick. But what happens if a person makes one offer a year versus the person who makes one offer? a month versus the person who makes one offer a week versus the person who makes one offer a day versus the person who makes one offer an hour. And I guess the person versus the person who makes one offer every 30 minutes. Who is going to have the most clients? Okay, I hope that, I hope that's, you know, sinking in. And I think there could be a whole nother podcast on that. Okay, last piece. Let me grab it here. I've got them on my phone and my phone keeps, there we go. Okay, part three of this. So I'm going to recap. Part one was getting eyeballs on your stuff, following through on your marketing strategies. Do not abandon them when they don't work. Step two, make offers to the people who you've attracted to you. Step three, once someone becomes a paying client, and it will happen if you do the first two steps, deliver on the promise. And whatever that promise is, okay? Let me think about my promises to people. I'll go to my one-on-one coaching uh, private sessions my promise to people in my one-on-one coaching i'm not solving their problems i'm holding the space for them and i'm going to help them figure it out i'm going to help them clear any crap that's standing in the way i'm going to help them get clarity on what they want i'm going to my my job is to help work to work with them create the space for their lives to improve like that's my promise so how do i deliver on that promise I deliver by showing up when I say I'm going to show up. I deliver on sending them notes if I promised them notes. Okay, whatever you promised in your coaching, deliver consistently. Here's one caveat that I see with coaches. They are really afraid to put themselves out there because they think they have to show up perfect. Like, I've got kids. What if one of my kids is sick and then I have to cancel a coaching session and I didn't show up consistently? I see this over and over and I want to say this. Show up consistently but give yourself grace to be human. There was a time in my the beginning of my coaching and giving readings that I was sick a lot and I had three kids that were sick a lot. We just went through this bad several years of a lot of Anxiety, stomach aches—like we were home a lot—as we tried to heal it. I felt so wobbly with making a commitment to people about my coaching um, that I—I I, I wanted to quit and just like I have to quit coaching. But luckily, I knew better. Either someone told me or I figured it out myself. I when I would get a potential coaching client on the call, I would talk to her about her, you know, about her and what she wanted and if I could help her. But then I would say. Here's where I'm at in my life right now. I'm sick a lot. My kids are sick a lot. I have to cancel a lot. And I'm worried. <laughs> I wanna. I, if we're going to do this coaching, you have to be okay that within 24 hours, I might have to cancel. And I give you permission to do the same. Are you okay with that? So, like, come clean, Okay? And like, let them decide like, yes, I see where you're at and I still want to work with you or no, I actually, that doesn't work for me, I can't work with you. And be okay with either way. Like don't show up on those calls with a fate, with a, you know, honor where you are in your life. I had a coach one time, it was a male coach and his wife was about to give birth. And like, this was their first child and I wanted to work with him. And he said, I can't work with you right now because I can't promise when I I can be there or not. And I said to him, I said, well, what if we gave each other the freedom that, yeah, we're going to work together, but you have the freedom to say, Michelle, I'm out for a few weeks. And I have the freedom to say, I have to put a pause on this. I'd still want to work with you under those conditions. And he's like, I'm totally good with that. And we ended up working together. And it worked out great. Um, So give, like, be okay with where you are in your life. It's not, I can't be a coach because I have these things going on in my life. Work it in a way where you get to have both, okay? And that you can manage it well. Just tell the truth to your potential clients. Okay, that, I hope that was helpful for you. I'm going to do a quick recap, and I think each of these could have their own uh, good hour, or 30-minute session, Okay, the three steps to becoming a profitable coach. Already assuming that you believe in your coaching. Step one, implement the marketing strategies to get potential clients. Okay, do not abandon your marketing strategies. Stick with them until you get really good at them. All strategies work if you work them long enough. Okay, don't abandon them. Step two, make an offer to your potential client that you that came through, that you attracted through your marketing strategies. Turn those potential clients into paying clients. That is a skill set. As you practice this skill set and get better and better at it, many people will say no. It has That does not mean you're not a good coach. It just means that you're learning how to have discovery calls with people. That's it. You're learning how to make offers and get clear about your offers. Step three once someone is a paying client over deliver on your promise but be really honest with yourself and them give yourself grace depending on what's going on with your life it's okay to have kids parents to take care of a spouse animals a job like it's okay to have all those things and manage it and share that with people how much of what can they what they can really expect of you okay i hope that was helpful Go implement those things. Do not abandon them. You are worth it. You are meant to help people. And we just have to stay in the game long enough to start seeing the results. Okay, I hope this was helpful. Have a great day. Bye.